Woodbrook tells the economic story, it tells our social story, there's also the political story as well. So then really in almost every sphere you see Woodbrook has played a part. Welcome to Growing Up Woodbrook, the podcast. I'm Cecile George, Woodbrook born and raised and a member of the Woodbrook Residence Committee. We're now in episode 4 of our series on the story of Woodbrook from Aboriginal times to the present day. And this is where we learn how the estate transitions from Traggery to Woodbrook. In the year 1888, Woodbrook land was again estate. It was only In this episode, we introduce Marlon Green, the Education Outreach Officer at the National Trust of Trinidad and Tobago. His particular focus is community and heritage tourism. Mr. Watson was the manager. It's the end of the 18th century, and the turmoil in Europe is continuing to send shockwaves across the entire Western Hemisphere. The French were the large numbers coming into Trinidad at the time because the French were friendly towards Spain and they were Catholic and they were the ones who were seeing a lot of trouble at the time because following on the revolution in France, there was of course the French Revolutionary War and there was just a lot of activity at that time. And what happens next of significance is the capitulation. The capitulation is the point at which the Spanish declare war on the English and the English use that opportunity to attack Trinidad, which they knew was very, very poorly defended. So there's a story that goes with it about an English captain who landed in Trinidad to defend his reputation against some Frenchmen who they had been a brawl with sometime earlier on. And the Spanish thought that that was very wrong, that this Englishman had more or less disrespected Spain in that respect. And it would appear that the declaration of war followed soon after that incident. In February of 1797, we had, at that time we were still Spanish, so we had three of the Spanish war vessels anchored out in the Bay of Chagramas and the captain of the fleet over on that island that is called Gaspar Grande or Gaspri at a base called Bombshell Hill. And he was very surprised to see coming through the first Boca this fleet of 17 ships under Sir Ralph Abercrombie. So he was immediately able to recognize that he is outnumbered because he had 17 of the British vessels against his three. So it means the manpower would have been overwhelming as well. So they both recognized, both Apodaca and Abercrombie recognized the situation so that Abercrombie simply stood still and waited on him for a couple of days. And on the morning of the third day, the fleet of the Spaniards was a lit in the Bay of Chagramas and they sank at the bottom of the bay simply because Apodaca did not want the British to get their hands on the Spanish fleet. And by that evening, the British had taken control of the bombshell fort there on the island and very calmly sailed into Port of Spain in the area of Invaders Bay, hence the name. And so without a shot being fired, they were able to capture Trinidad and the Spanish would sign the Treaty of Capitulation at the Valsian Estate House, which really gave Trinidad to the British. 
the English literally came in, went to Shakon. Shakon said, well, yes, you know, it's all over. And there was a very peaceful transition between Trinidad being a Spanish colony and becoming an English or British colony. It involved the officers laying down their swords and people just saying that they would be faithful to the new arrangement. But there was no bloodshed. It wasn't a very bloody situation. So Trinidad became a British colony with a French-speaking population and Spanish laws. British rule was formalized under the Treaty of Amiens in 1802. By the time 1797 and Abercrombie came, the French outnumbered the Spanish four to one. And so even the newspapers of the day were also printed in French. So it was really a unique situation and that contributed to the system of administration we had, the Crown Colony system. Crown Colony was a form of direct rule by the British monarchy. Until the 19th century, it was generally used to refer to countries that had been acquired by winning a war. The Crown controlled the colony's legislation and administration, and the people of the colony, while regarded as British subjects, had no representation in the British Parliament. The system was designed in part to prevent colonies from gaining too much autonomy and declaring themselves independent, as had happened in America in 1776. Again, you start to see Trinidad moving in a particular way because by now the main wars have ended. We become a British colony officially at the end of the Napoleonic Wars. By the time the island was surrendered to the British in 1797, the population had increased to over 17,000. Over 10,000 were enslaved Africans and barely 1,100 Aboriginal people remained. In addition, the Sedulants had carved out over 400 new estates, producing sugar, coffee, cocoa, and cotton. What we have is sugar really being the most important plantation crop in Trinidad from around the capitulation and into the early 19th century. And throughout Trinidad, we have hundreds of estates that are being operated, many by the descendants of the French, some Irish, but later on, as the influence of Britain grows, you begin to get more English, Scottish people involved in the sugar industry in Trinidad. And one of the most interesting estates in the north, of course, is the Woodbrook Estate. And that has been described as a really flourishing estate. It's over 350-odd acres. And in the early 19th century, now our Lapos Cemetery, which is really on the edge of the town of Port of Spain, and it comes all the way down to St. James, to what we would call the St. James Bridge, just by the barracks there. And that entire area is considered to be the Woodbrook Estate. The de la Perouse family put the Tragarite estate up for sale in the early 1820s and it was bought by Henry Murray, deputy clerk for the governing Spanish Cabildo government and later the first registrar of slaves for the island. Murray Street bears his name. Murray also purchased the nearby Bagatelle and San Cristobal estates. 
He then combined them with the Tragarit estate to create a larger sugar plantation, which he named Woodbrook. By the early 19th century, the Woodbrook estate covered more than 360 acres. But even with the influx of immigrants under the cedula, Trinidad's size meant that settlement was generally sparse and its population increased slowly. This made the island one of the less populated colonies of the West Indies, with the least developed plantation infrastructure. And that constant scarcity of labor would later come to dictate another huge change in the country's makeup. I'm your host, Cecile George. Our podcast is a companion to the Growing Up Woodbrook Coffee Table Book, currently available worldwide and jointly published by the Woodbrook Residence Committee and the National Trust of Trinidad and Tobago. But this was told to me by my grandparents. The transformation is so very nice. Turning a kind of state into a paradise. This podcast was made possible by the hard work and collaboration of many people, including educator and historian Valerie Taylor, National Trust Education Outreach Officer Marlon Green, music curator Sean Randu, and musicologist Patrice Cox Neves. Let us give our compliments for the improvement is magnificent. We got theaters and radios in the pretty little cottages and bungalows to beautiful squares. The music in this episode was History of the Woodbrook Vicinity by the Mighty Growler, Rule Britannia by the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, and Sugar Jam by Lord Melody. No better construction could have been found, and secondly, we got the children's playground. We invite you to join us on this journey through Woodbrook's history. Subscribe and spread the word. Tell a friend or ten about our podcast and our book. If you'd like to ask a question or leave a comment, you can click on the link in the show notes to record a voicemail. And we'll see you back here next time on Growing Up Woodbrook, the podcast. Woodbrook.